0: Hi, family. Hi, friends. Hi, food lovers. Hey, neighbors. Hey, community. Hey, comics. People who like to cook, connect, and kvetch. Thanks so much for joining me for Hot Dish. Okay. Hello. Hello. How are you, Lauren? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, and thank you for being here. This is Hot Dish. My name is Lauren Huberman. I'm hosting. Well, obviously, because it's, <laughs> no one else would be hosting. Um, and I'm here with a very special guest, Matt Brown, who is a comic. He's a performer. He is a trained musician. So he's an trained in classical music and Absolutely. opera music. Absolutely. Um, and he's very interesting and dynamic and funny. And I'm very excited that he's here.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate it, Lauren.
0: Yeah. No, this is wonderful. Um and today we are making something that I want Matt to introduce because yes. this is something that you picked.
1: Yes. Um, I picked this recipe because I wanted to do something that was like really authentic to where I'm from and things I ate when I was growing up, you know, give people the actual like a little slice of what I actually might be like, baby. Mm-hmm. And that happens to be half trailer trash. That's what's <laughs> up. Don't let the cornrows fool you like I'm half black excellence and half trailer trash. And so today, what I wanted to do was trailer park tuna casserole.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and this is <laughs> so you say you're half trailer trash
1: and half, and black, half excellence. black
0: excellence. Absolutely. I love that description. Thank you. So, um, Did you actually grow up in a trailer or no?
1: Yes. You did? Yes. Not for my entire childhood, Mm -hmm. but for several years. Yeah, no. Kindergarten, first grade, second grade, like all for like my formative growing up years, preschool before that as well. That was like, yeah, that's where I grew up. That's where I figured out what life was like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In
1: Grand Valley Village in Springfield, Illinois.
0: Springfield. That's right. Uh That's right. Okay. And so is that where you spent most of your life in Springfield? Like you grew up born, raised Mm -hmm. there and then you.
1: I spent most of my time in Springfield, but Mm -hmm. I also spent most of my summers in Columbia, Kentucky. And I also did live there for a few years as a small child, because my family's really just all over the South and Midwest, Missouri, Mm -hmm. Kentucky, Illinois, that's where we mostly are. So I was back and forth in illinois and kentucky for a long time and then i moved to chicago when i was 18.
0: wow yeah yeah crazy yeah crazy a child A child. seriously no i get that i moved here when i was 21 and i was still a child
1: oh yeah yeah uh, you're never ready no you're,
0: no no
1: you I live here 20 years wrong. and you're not ready
0: no yeah <laughs> i was a complete moron um okay so i love it i love this recipe um and so simplest thing in the world okay so tell us about the recipe okay why you chose it what what does this make you think about
1: so like when I think of this Trevor Park tuna noodle casserole I think of my mom making it and my grandmother being disgusted that's (laughs) literally where my brain goes because my grandma was one of these women who like could, she really tried to pretend that she wasn't from where she was from and that she had a lot more money than she did and everything was a lot better than it was. Mm -hmm. And she had like the whole fake actress voice and everything, like she's from the woods and would say, use that in a sentence, home girl, (laughs) I'm the home girl. Like she would say things, just this made up ridiculous voice and she had things that she thought were just beneath her to eat. And this Mm -hmm. tuna casserole mess was just one of them. She's like, this is cat food, who would do this? And my mom didn't care because it was cheap and it fed everybody. And so I, I look at it as sort of like, a, a, a utility.
0: Yeah. You know, Ma- yeah. maybe a
1: bomb threat, but but a utility. <laughs>
0: yeah. I love that. And your grandma sounds very um animated. She oh, sounds yeah. like a performer.
1: She, she's truly like the frustrated actress of the family. Mm-hmm. Like everything I am is because of that lady. Mm-hmm. Like truly she had she had the voice before anyone in our family. She had a much better singing voice than I do and I was not bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh she was just very she's the one who got me into lessons for music early on. She's the one who sort of Tapped me on the shoulder and said, You're going to be doing something.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It's all because
1: of her, because uh, she had the voice and started to get married and have four kids instead of doing anything with it. So,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: we all make our choices and yeah. we influence others.
0: Yeah. No, that's yeah. really interesting. Um, okay. So we're going to change gears just for a second. We've mm-hmm. got. Uh, on the stove, we've got our boiling water is ready. Very fancy, is
1: very important. <laughs> if you need to make a trailer park tuna casserole or if you have a husband, you need to teach a lesson just a good pot of boiling water this is the trailer park recipe okay sometimes you know shit gets real shit gets real in that part of the city okay yeah no we've got this lovely pot of boiling water and i want you to tell everybody while i'm getting things moving over here exactly how few ingredients are in this oh yeah this is
0: very very simple so i asked matt for a recipe he said trailer park tuna casserole which i have never had i, mean,
1: <laughs> I wonder why i've never met a hooverman <laughs> in a trailer park have you <laughs>
0: Shut up! <I> <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that's so funny but we did i mean sometimes we ate things i mean like meatloaf which is not mm. which is not this but not it was still like people don't really make meatloaf anymore no. either you know like not there's a whole like <laughs> There's like a whole food revolution. We used to have cornflake chicken too, growing up, which I loved love. So anyway, yes, very few ingredients, everything, basically everything with a can opener for today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> why, why would get an air fryer when you could just have a can opener?
0: You don't need that. That's everything. all you need. You yeah. So it's just the mm. macaroni, uh, the tuna, cream of mushroom soup, which mm. I don't think I've bought a can of soup in like, 20 something years, I don't know. Yeah, cuz
1: you want to live forever or something.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Well cuz I just go to the Jewish deli down the street and okay. get soup, you know. Well
1: yeah, cuz it tastes better. Yeah,
0: because it's it's way better than what I could make too. Really? Well, unless I want to spend like a day cooking soup stock and
1: okay, that's fair. You know what I mean? That's fair. It's hard to fuck up soup though.
0: That's true. No, I've made some good soup, but it's been a whole production. Yeah. You know? I imagine. And then I have to say, this is the can of sweet peas. So mm-hmm. Matt said mm-hmm. to get peas. Mm-hmm. Here are the peas. Yeah, and
1: I don't want fresh. I don't want frozen. <laughs> I want a can.
0: So I wondered yeah. about that because I was like, I wonder if he meant frozen, Never. but he said canned. So I got no. the can. Oh, canned. yeah, no,
1: no. Can of everything. Oh my can god. Can of everything. And
0: this kind of can kills me a little Oh bit. yeah.
1: Doesn't it just hurt your feelings? It, to, it. <laughs> don't, don't you feel like you're like in an emotionally abusive relationship with a vegetable? <laughs> Isn't it just, while this pasta boils, we have to contemplate our whole life in the face of a jar of peas.
0: Yeah, I know. And we have to smell the peas and the tuna side by side. Oh, yeah, yeah, soon we're going to be eating that. Wait
1: till it gets hot. (laughs) Wait till it warms up, okay? (laughs) It's sort of like the gym isn't bad until, you know, the sun hits, you know? And then suddenly 11 a.m., it really is the armpit of the planet. Oh,
0: my God, yeah.
1: This is about what we're going to eat. You're going to love it.
0: Okay. You're gonna love it. It's gonna be my first time. And if you I'm don't, excited. I get to leave
1: afterwards. So it's.
0: <laughs> I know. It's, I, I don't already... live here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Okay, I'm just I'm just checking our sound. Mm-hmm. We're all good.
1: Beautiful. Great.
0: We've got the message. We're live streaming. Um, so cool. So we've got our macaroni going. Mm-hmm. Should I set the timer? Or oh, or no?
1: there's no timer. You know, there's no it. measuring. I knew you were
0: gonna say I that. I don't measure
1: anything. I don't. It, it'll be fine.
0: Okay.
1: I, I Believe call you. It, um, I think the old appellation term for it is horse sense. Okay. Instead of common sense, we say horse sense. Yeah. I got horse sense about it. It'll be fine. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know when to take off the saddle.
0: I mean, <laughs> I totally believe you. Yeah. Well, you're you're confident, you have strong convictions. You just I mean well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> even if it don't turn out.
0: <laughs> It'll turn out. Oh my God. Okay. So you so you spent your childhood growing up in springfield Correct. and what was your family like did you have brothers and sisters what like, was my
1: family yeah. like? um so if you've ever seen the beverly hillbillies mm-hmm. and also you managed to have spent some time uh, watching that one show, uh SVU. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. It's sort of like a cross between like 15 years of Law and Order SVU with Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> that's sort of what my family's like. Because that every story is like, how are you alive? But then also, why is his name Bobby? You know, it's just like, you know, what why is everything about a Jethro? Because everyone in my family has a stupid made-up name. Like, and <laughs> that's really what it is. My family's a bunch of cartoon characters. <laughs> like between my grandmother, my mom, and my aunt, who all raised me like again grandmother was like this should have been an actress my mom just we call her sarge you do she's in charge
0: yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. we call her
1: sarge (laughs) and like my sister i love and adore i'm closer to her than probably anybody on this world but like we weren't friends until i was about 13. Mm -hmm. so (laughs) there were three of us kids in the house and it was just it was wild it was wild and
0: where are you in the? Order? I am
1: the youngest of course Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah no my siblings are much older than I am they are yeah no I'm 23 and they are 32 and 37 oh yeah 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 wow. there's there's some time in there definitely yeah yeah two different fathers we like we like to venture out
0: yeah I mean I get it I I have I had a stepfather, mm-hmm. and I have a stepmother, and, mm. um, and I have a mother. I yeah. totally get that. I have two stepbrothers. I have two half siblings.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's too, too much fucking paperwork is what it all came down to. <laughs> yeah. Everybody had to make everything official. And now we got to visit them for every holiday.
0: Totally. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sure you have a lot of rounds. To oh, make. honey.
1: Oh, yeah. And everyone had to get smart and move. Mm-hmm. So it's always just like you got to make decisions and pick certain holidays. And then it just gets down to whose kids are the least annoying at that age. Yeah. Who like, do you
0: want to be around? Yeah, and like, yeah. 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 Like
1: my brother just had newborn twins. So I'm just going to let them
0: wow. mind their own
1: business for a while. That sounds like it would be loud and smell bad.
0: Yeah. So I, I just, <laughs> I'd
1: rather not visit.
0: That's a lot of commotion.
1: I'll, I'll let them, I, uh, I'll respect their privacy at this time.
0: That's, that's, very, a, that's very considerate. As a movie. PR
1: move. I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll respect their practice. Wow. But like for Christmas and stuff, I cannot wait to go to my sister and her husband's. Their kids are five and six, so they're fun. Oh, that's nice. They're, fun. they're yeah. running around. They're a good goddamn time. They've got their own opinions. They're ready to kick my ass. Yeah. Experience. You
0: can play and like talk. And oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's great.
1: And they also happen to think I'm like a rock star. Like every time I come over, it's like an Adele concert. <laughs> like it, they like literally i is absence makes the heart grow fonder and because of covid and stuff every time they see me it is just the biggest deal so like don't zoom your family is what i'm telling you yeah like don't get on facetime just let them miss you and then just like maybe they'll get a smoke machine when you do show up i love that that's yeah no it's so great they're
0: your fans (laughs) absolutely my niece and
1: my nephew are my biggest fans for absolute sure for absolute Yeah. yeah And they have no idea what the hell I do, but they think it looks really cool.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: that's the fun part. Well,
0: it is cool.
1: The clothes and the makeup and everything. The eyelashes are fascinating. I love it. Because when they were very little, they wouldn't recognize that it was me.
0: I would mm-hmm.
1: they would like see me during the day looking like this. And then mm-hmm. I'd go downstairs, go put on makeup and come back. Mm-hmm. And they would think it was somebody else when they were really little.
0: I'm sure when
1: they were like two and three, they were like, it sounds like Matt, but it can't be. Matt."
0: Yeah. I mean, it is a it is a transformation. Absolutely. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Miss Brown was a whole different lady.
0: Yeah. So I do want to talk about that. Um, So so before we dive into that Mm -hmm. more, so you grew up in Springfield Mm -hmm. um, and then and I know that you had training as a singer Mm -hmm. um, and I know that you came to Chicago and you came here for college, like Mm -hmm. how what was the evolution of that like?
1: Well, the evolution of that was I went through puberty in about five seconds. So when I was 11, it was time to get me in voice lessons immediately because like I literally woke up one day and my shoes are four sizes bigger and like nothing fit. Like it literally didn't even take three weeks. Like I was just like a new person immediately. Mm -hmm. And I've been this height and weight since I was 14. Like I have looked like this since I was in high school. And so when my voice started to change, when it was time to get me in lessons mm-hmm. and then that went on, um, my first teacher got Alzheimer's. And so I had to get another teacher. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but I spent three great years of Penny before she started to tell me the same story three times in a row. Oh, um, and then I got a new teacher, um, studied with her for another four years, won a lot of vocal competitions. And when I was getting to junior and senior year, getting into being, you know, seven, eight years deep into singing, Um, It was getting to a point where are you going to go to college and do this for real, or are you going to study the humanities, do something else, like be a little bit more well rounded and kind of let this be background music. Mm -hmm. And what really influenced my decision was the fact that by the last year of doing all the competitions and being in the three choirs and getting the solos and doing everything I always did. I wasn't excited about anything anymore. It just felt like a ton of goddamn work. Mm -hmm. It just felt like an insurmountable amount of work that took a lot of restrictions on my lifestyle. Because when you sing in a theater, unamplified over an orchestra, Mm -hmm. you can't really do too much extracurricular. Everything's all about your voice. No smoking, no drinking, no coffee, no soda, no, Mm -hmm. you have to sleep a lot. You need 48 humidifiers. It's stupid.
0: It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. That's a lot of restrictions.
1: Mm -hmm. And... As much as I love doing that, and I still sing and I still sound all right, I wanted to write my own material. And that's not possible when you're singing, you know, archaic music from 1787. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful and it's stunning and it's timeless and it'll never die. But I wanted to get my own my own words out there. I, I felt like I had something to say and I did not want to compose a goddamn opera. So <laughs> I took the path of least resistance, moved three hours north and got in everybody's face. Mm -hmm. And it's been running 100 miles an hour ever since
0: yeah so doing stand up is is the shift that you made when you moved to Chicago
1: yeah when I was 18 I moved here in August of 2016 years old, and uh, I did my first open mic like that week, and it was at comedy bar and I kind of never left.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) comedy bar is really my home
0: it is and
1: um i kind of just like never left after that i was producing at laugh factory after i'd been here for three months and i just kept it moving
0: yeah that's incredible yeah wow um i'm getting paranoid about the, what do you but, think about well, here's, the you tell you, me. No, here's the thing no
1: because here's the thing it can never be too soft because this oh. is this is cat food
0: okay this is the other thing <laughs>
1: we're not going for like an authentic <laughs> al dente trailer para una <laughs> Ay, o bisogno de like there's not that's not going to be happening oh um God. so what i always judge it by the way my mother taught me yes tell was me. that um the Janae brown school is that you wanna see if the macaroni got big.
0: Okay. That's all she says. Do- like does <laughs> it <this> look big?
1: It <laughs> looks bigger than before. It's fine. So that's that's the rules on that. So now we can turn the heat okay, off so on this baby. Okay. We can turn the got heat it. off on this baby and just drain her. Okay.
0: Um so be careful. Oh yes. Just because oh yes. I don't want you to burn yourself, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. I mean you're my guest.
1: And your insurance isn't that
0: great.
1: Oh, no, it's but, not. I mean, I just w- <laughs> What did I do to Oscar? Okay, okay.
0: okay. we turn we, this around a okay. bit
1: because we just have to get real that you may yeah. have done some very foul things <laughs> yeah. with Oscar the Grouch.
0: No, that those oven mitts have been through a lot. Oscar's ass <laughs> is what
1: it looks like to me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, you went to the bottom of oh the trash my can. God. Yeah. Like, I thrifted these when I was in grad school. <laughs> and I just want you to understand. Okay, but we're getting oh
0: man, I love it.
1: All of La Pasta. <laughs> la pasta You're gonna be really fancy about this.
0: I love your yeah. Italian. Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: it's great. It used to be a lot better. I used to like really be able to speak Italian, but now I don't use it as much. Oh well. I used to to speak four languages back when I was
0: Simon. Oh my God! Yeah, I believe that. Back when I was smart.
1: Yeah, back when I was smart, my brain worked.
0: You're still pretty smart. I don't know. Give me something. What do 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 you want this or what do you think?
1: Mm, No, we're gonna want it in the pot pot? actually. Yeah, because we're gonna want to heat everything back up. Okay.
0: Oh, we are. Oh, I didn't know that. That was another step in this fancy recipe.
1: Yeah, I know it's really elegant, it's really (laughs) elegant. So we have our drained two boxes of Kraft Mac and Cheese. By the way, I should have specified generic in the email because really Kraft is a little fancy for us. (laughs) Well we, you
0: did say generic, but then I was like, oh, well, there's Annie's, there's this, there's other. Well, all the Annie's others, is fancy. So, yeah, Annie's is fancy. Annie's so is fancy.
1: Okay. But like okay. you meant
0: like a Walmart brand. Like,
1: I w- I always. wanted the 39 cent fucking cheese club Aldi Mac and Cheese.
0: <laughs> that's that's what I grew up
1: on. That's my history. Um so basically. The way you start this is literally you start just with the mac and cheese, like you would normally. Okay. By adding your paltry sum of butter. Okay. Um, In my home, this would be imperial margarine. but yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit of butter goes really far. Cool. And okay. a dab of milk. And then this is where we just start throwing shit together. Again, there's no measuring. Okay. You'll you'll measure in your next life. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, not in this one. I personally feel like God is the only one who has an account of all my rights and wrongs. And so I don't need to take measurement of everything. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't. Okay. I know who I am and so does Jesus. I, I mean I I just I saw like the eyes so of long. Tammy Faye. I'm sorry. Oh uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's never a bad time to preach okay oh so God. now we've got this happening and now we have to get into the infamous and important
0: yes. and
1: um listen everybody else gets to be proud of their culture so why can't i
0: you can be
1: and so we're you gonna get be. into the cream of mushroom soup. Oh my god! Now this is the this looks like the jewel brand to me. Yeah. So you went with the store brand and this I appreciate. I uh,
0: yes and that was intentional. And it is yes. reduced sodium, but there was no choice in that.
1: Okay, because so you know that, that okay because now I'm not sure how much you paid attention to like the Paula Deans of the world and the people who do the down home country cooking, aka like steal recipes from old dead black people. Oh. But um <laughs> you know as they want to do. Um but really, all of these recipes are sort of like a very like long form death wish. Mm-hmm. Eating like this is sort of like smoking cigarettes. Like, it's not going to kill you today. Yes. And you're going to love today. <laughs> How fucking ever. There's a giant however. <laughs> um, it's the size of Iowa.
0: I don't know. Oh, mm-hmm. heard, oh yeah. I can never get this.
1: Open. Oh, you see, I just, I, years of practice. Years yeah. Years of yeah. practice. So now we have the cream of mushroom soup in here with the pasta and now we're adding the cheese sauce. Cause this needs the, the, the powder, the powder, yeah. not, not, you do not want the liquid cheese. You do not want like the actual like Velveeta brand, nice, anything. No, like no. Who, what do you think you are too good for the rest of your family? <laughs> like just cause you went to college and read three goddamn books doesn't mean you're too good for meemaw's casserole and then you just start mixing stuff in okay. you really it, it's not going to be pretty at first you might decide you need more milk yeah. this is a, i don't measure anything yeah. i just throw shit together you, you live oh <laughs> this is another little um piece of Appalachian, um just little trivia that you might want to know for how real broke people really shop okay this is how my grandmother used to grocery shop now we're just adding in our our peas oh. our tuna we're just throwing everything in there okay. it's just it nothing matters nothing matters listen your husband left and he's not coming back nothing matters he he didn't even get the pack of cigarettes he quit smoking before he said he was going to leave for a pack and you just wash them down nothing matters we just throw everything in there um but the way my grandmother used to grocery shop and i will do this from time to time just out of habit Mm -hmm. is oh i'm really careful um basically you buy whatever is on sale Mm -hmm. you bring it home and you figure out what to do with it when you get there
0: i like that that is yeah yeah. that's like the cooking shows that are Mm -hmm. on today Mm -hmm. um what are those called oh yeah like courtney Mm-hmm. um who also does stand up or did for a long time yeah. she talks about like chopped when she goes in her mm-hmm. refrigerator and she finds like a chicken bone and a box of cereal and two other things and what's she going to do with it absolutely yeah
1: absolutely and you don't by the way if you are I'm not going to say too good for this recipe. Mm-hmm. Like maybe let's just say you're lower middle class. Mm-hmm. It, um, if <laughs> if that's where you're at, um, you don't necessarily have to go with the canned peas. If you maybe have some leftover broccoli from being ambitious, that's if you have any vegetables that are starting to go a little soft, uh-huh. this is perfect way to get rid of whatever vegetables are in there. You can switch them out for the peas. That's a great so idea. if you did try to eat a fresh vegetable or more likely in my situation, you were driving somewhere in in the middle of nowhere and you saw a farmer with a stand. And so you just bought shit oh, off well, of Well,
0: that's a good one though. That's
1: how I grew yeah. up. That's where I got my fresh stuff if I got my fresh stuff. yeah. So like, if you just run into, you know, a man who's doesn't have Bluetooth headphones, but has green teeth instead, <laughs> um, that, that's where you can bring in your other vegetables. But yeah. like, once you mix this all up and together, it doesn't look like much. It doesn't taste like much. It really isn't much, <laughs> but it, it'll, it'll feed the children. Okay. And for- no, no, it's not hot. It's okay. not hot at all. So now all of our video viewers can see basically it's like hamburger helper, but with tuna and shit you probably already had in the back of your pantry. So,
0: Matt, this is truly mm-hmm. a hot dish.
1: Truly. Like,
0: this is what I thought of when I thought of the podcast. Hot mm-hmm. dish is like Midwesterners who just throw everything in mm-hmm. and then it all comes out, and you've got a meat, you've got a starch, and you've got some old vegetables slash can stuff. Yeah.
1: Now, if you want to be if you want to be like real middle middle class about this like i mean you really want to like elevate it to like possibly having dental insurance if you want to <laughs> if you want to take it to like that echelon uh-huh. um you could actually take this mixture right here you don't have to eat it straight like this you you can you can make extra steps for yourself you can pull out your old 9 by 13 pyrex uh-huh. and you can cover it with potato chips and then put that in the oven for like 10 minutes on 350 just to get it all to conglomerate and to intermingle and miscegenate (laughs) whatever other word I can think of right now um and it's it's really a beautiful experience and you will also be able to make back that reduced sodium on your soup if you add the potato chips oh
0: for sure so
1: like if you miss the salt yeah like we, we we can
0: help. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice enhancement.
1: You know, yeah. you know, because like once again, this is a long form death wish. Okay. This is like the world's longest suicide noted would be to eat this with any degree of regularity. Oh,
0: my God. OK, so when's the last time that you ate this?
1: I honestly... Okay, I can't remember an exact time, but I will say it's probably been within the past six months or so. Oh, okay. And this is why. One of my favorite things to do after a show is to go home a little drunk and just start cooking. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes this will just happen and be in my fridge the next day and I'm like, hmm. I guess i did that but that's one of my favorite things to do go home to show a little tipsy and just start throwing stuff together nice pretend you're in a garden oh yeah this is
0: something she would totally oh i agree i agree
1: (laughs) what's her husband's name jeffrey jeffrey would eat this
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay so what else do we have to do anything else i would
1: recommend pepper and maybe some garlic powder if you want to be really like again If maybe you're, if you have Latino neighbors and you're vaguely aware of seasoning, <laughs> like just if you have some sort of exposure to outside culture in your life.
0: Okay, cool. Well, yeah. I have, I have the pepper Beautiful. and I have um garlic sea salt. So we should be careful with
1: Yeah, this. we do. Cause again, we don't want to totally, yeah. we don't want to totally make back our, our reduced sodium Right. because it's not worth it if we don't have the crunch of a Lay's potato chip or a ruffle. That's ruffles true. are also very important.
0: Oh, ruffles are delicious.
1: Ruffles are actually a complete, um they're not just a food group, they're a lifestyle. Um, there's this family that my sister used to babysit for back where we live. Mm -hmm. And, um, she would make them like nice food. Like she would make them like hamburgers and she would like make them like macaroni and cheese or something, like try and get them to eat something. And all three of those kids would sit in front of a TV with a gallon of chocolate milk and a bag of Ruffles potato chips and refuse real food. They were feral. It was amazing. (laughs) They were amazing. Oh, I ended God. up going to school with one of them and uh, she like had to take two months off school because her posture was so bad and her oh. she was so hunched over. It was making like the vein, like, you know how all your, all your nerves and shit are up here. Yeah. Her whole body was starting to go numb because she was hunched back no all day way. and she didn't have scoliosis. Oh. She was just hunched over. They, they like literally no one raises their children where I'm from. Oh. We are all free range. We invented free range the night i lost my virginity i didn't come home for two days and no one asked a question or <gasps> called the phone oh my God. we invented free range parenting we just don't have any money so we didn't call it anything wow
0: how old were you
1: good question because between like how long i've been lying about my age for comedy mm-hmm. i really couldn't tell you the real number anymore yeah. um i think i was 17 but i on i've been lying for so long i have to think when someone asked me about how old i was so why
0: you were lying so you could like get into clubs yeah because i
1: refused to have a fake id because i wanted to make a challenge for myself Mm -hmm. i wanted to make it like an acting exercise i'm going to look older i'm going to seem older i'm going to get into this just because i should be Mm -hmm. and i never had a fake id but i started at 18 years old and i would just walk into places with steel (laughs) just steel cut balls like truly and just go in and the other thing that started to help was after a year and a half or so, me doing stand-up is when I finally started to wear makeup on stage. Mm-hmm. Bouncers let you do whatever you want because they think you're either supposed to be on stage or you're a fucking crazy person that they don't want to argue with. So they just let you in.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, what should we do with this? Should we try it or heat it up? Or um.
1: Uh, I I think, you know what? I think we could just get two forks out and yeah, make amends we're gonna do with do our that. bad decisions. I don't
0: care. We can use a bowl. We can not use a bowl. I think we'll use a bowl
1: oh i think we're using the entire bowl <laughs> i think we're using the entire bowl with all my coordination it literally the bowl jumped from my hands into the food um oh, it has a mind of oh its own God. it's like it's like the teapot from beauty and the beast
0: it is angela teapot.
1: lansbury inhabited this
0: oh my
1: God. Bowl. Okay, okay so
0: i i'm gonna have to eat around the peas because mm-hmm. um, oh you don't do peas you know not really but it's been okay. a long time since i've tried since i was a kid and like
1: so, so you haven't, so you these. haven't had a pee in just millennia.
0: Oh, for sure. Okay. The, 30 years. Okay. The
1: year. Okay. So this is definitely a 1990 well, something situation. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Well, there's one pee in here. So I'm just going to eat it.
1: Oh, I, I, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. It doesn't taste like much. Doesn't look like much. Okay. It isn't much.
0: It's fine it's fine
1: that's exactly what it is it's fine i was
0: gonna say it's not terrible and i'm not gonna say it's amazing no
1: you're not gonna say it's good you can't say it's no
0: fine. i'm not gonna be this like... is a
1: bad marriage you don't leave this is what it is <laughs> it's just fine herbert mm-hmm. and you know, this, this is what it is and this for is what kids, kids
0: it is. and mm-hmm. a family mm-hmm. i get it
1: you can say you made the meat a vegetable
0: mm-hmm. and there's protein mm-hmm. and there's a carbs so they're not going to be hungry for a while
1: and if they don't like tuna or they have heard that they don't like fish you can lie to them and say it's chicken
0: oh yeah you're right my mom used to feed it's us fish sticks and
1: tell it was chicken mm-hmm. just lie just lie they're little they don't know they don't need to know
0: oh yeah no they don't need. To i'm know.
1: also very against asking children what they want to eat you are i'm totally against that you
0: just think whatever you're making whatever it is you're eating it
1: what else in this house is up to them mm-hmm. nothing why are we starting here
0: mm-hmm. Well,
1: That's just how I feel so about what
0: it. if they didn't like anything that was on the table? Then they're Pity. just hungry. Okay. Pity.
1: Let's try saying no to top. me again. Try saying no to me again, see how long it lasts. I my mother's name was Sarge. <laughs> 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 Oh yeah, no. I am because the thing is, I feel like you have to be tough on kids early, so that way later on it's less issues. Yeah. Because if they know hard, firm boundaries at four and five and six, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about them being crazy at seventeen. That's true. Because they know what's up. Yeah. Like I, I've said to friends with that are struggling with their little kids, I'm like, they're never going to be easier to control. You no. You like have to take care of this now.
0: Yeah, it's true. You have to. Yeah, it's like I mean, I taught high school for mm-hmm. a while and. It was way easier to be strict at the beginning of the year and lighten up toward the end of the year and have fun with the students mm-hmm. versus the other way around.
1: And the other thing is that teaching high school, there's very limited what you can do because if you're 15 years old mm-hmm. and you're practically an adult mm-hmm. and you decide you don't give a shit about something, no one can make you care.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And especially if they come from a family where dropping out, not going to be the end of the world.
0: Yeah. Th- that you can't,
1: if they decide they don't care that's it yeah they've made their decision it
0: is i know it's really hard for sure it's hard to see that happen too to exactly
1: which is why i believe if you just feed your kids the trailer park tuna noodle casserole they'll just get broken early this and is how know. to solve
0: all of our problems in the u.s
1: truly truly i think this will fix the economy i you wouldn't yeah. be spending any fucking money on food anymore. that's true
0: this was very very cheap i would and cheap d- is not a Oh, yeah. Cheap is a word that I talked about on my last podcast like with it. Emily, but anyway, it has a negative connotation, mm-hmm. but there's really, no one's going to say, oh, this is a very budget-friendly meal. Someone mm-hmm. would just say, this is a cheap meal. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And then also budget-friendly, whose budget? Right. True. Like that's such a, like, there are some people who are able to feed a family of four or five or six on like 200 bucks a month because of where they live.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like if you live in
1: Idaho or you live in Nebraska and cost of living super low, Mm -hmm. like you know whose budget?
0: Yes. Whose budget? Because like
1: what we think is normal to spend going out or normal grocery budget sounds absolutely ridiculous to somebody who doesn't live in a major city. For sure. They don't know what the hell you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So we're enjoying ish Mm -hmm. our meal.
1: It's just fine.
0: It's just fine. It's just fine. It's just fine. And it's a lot of just, oh, there's a lot here. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I'm in it. You are going to have leftovers to take home and stuff.
1: You could upset (laughs) so many of your friends with just this. (laughs) Like if you just really wanted a lot of people to not talk to you anymore, have a dinner party, have a dinner party and be like, you're welcome.
0: I love that idea. But
1: I will say one of my friends from back home will ask me to make this from time to time. Oh my my gosh. friend Bradley actually likes this. Wow. But yeah. he's also been in the army, so I think he's just been broken. Oh, you know, for sure. This, <laughs> this is for people. This recipe is for people who don't fuck with therapy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you refuse to be vulnerable, just eat this and you'll get over okay. it.
0: Um, okay, so I do want to talk about your comedy too. Mm-hmm. So I know, you know, you moved here, you start doing comedy at a, I mean, pretty young age. Embryonic. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And um. and and I'm really interested in Miss Brown mm-hmm. and who Miss Brown is and how that came about. And also this and probably paired mm-hmm. with Miss Brown is your makeup and mm-hmm. the way that you present yourself. So will you mm-hmm. just tell me some about that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. So basically right now, when you look at me, nothing fancy. I look like any other black guy in his 20s walking down the damn street. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty unremarkable. But when I'm on stage, um, not not every time, but I would say 90% of the time, I am dressed in really flashy sequined or patterned or bright suits. And I wear a lot of makeup. I wear very long eyelashes and my eyebrows are pretty thick and my top lip is completely fabricated it's the biggest lie foisted upon the American public other than the Federal Reserve like me and my top lip we're just my I call my top lip bright art" because it's just a conspiracy theory <laughs> like I have made it up I haven't made it up so
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that because I've actually only ever seen you mm-hmm. in makeup when you're performing
1: mm-hmm. so, yeah 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 and like you know it's the same person but it's like oh oh, no one's eyes are actually that big. Oh, he only has four eyebrow hairs. Okay, okay, damn, that's actually, that he does a good job drawing those things on. You can notice everything now. But the makeup came as a sort of, it was uh, something that I always enjoyed. Like when I was in high school, I would wear makeup from time to time. To me, it's not like a gender identity statement. It is purely a hobby. It's something I enjoy. Some people like to ride horses, some people like to paint. I like to sit in my house and custom make eyelashes by hand for an hour and a half. Like I. I don't know it's just it's not that deep for me mm-hmm. and so as it became something that i brought into my act because i did not wear makeup for the first year and a half i demanded of myself that i learn how to write a joke and tell a joke and not put anything extra on it i needed to learn how to do my job on a fundamental level i had to before i started to make it more complicated for myself mm-hmm. so then once i did that and the makeup came in it also and this was literally no fault of my own no planning of mine After people sort of got used to seeing me in makeup, then the whole non-binary explosion sort of happened in the news. And all these people who had known me for three years suddenly thought that because they read a news article that I was a completely different human being. Mm -hmm. And so it, and then people would ask me questions that didn't make any sense when they've known me for a very long time.
0: Like what? Like like just
1: sort of why, if you've known me since I was 18 years old, We've done shows together. We've been on the road together. You know me. Why do you need to ask me what my pronouns are? Because you read a New York Times article when you've known me my entire life. Like, mm-hmm. you know who I am. Mm-hmm. Why was that coming up now?
0: Mm-hmm. And, and to be honest, mm-hmm. so. Before the podcast started, obviously, Mm -hmm. I said to you, what are your pronouns? Mm -hmm. Pronouns. Mm -hmm. that is something that I. You've never seen me
1: like this before. This is. I haven't. Yeah, this is confusing to you. But I also
0: read on your website, I read and you were saying. There were some references, and you were using like he, him, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so I figured, but then your email is Miss mm-hmm. Brown comedy. Mm-hmm. And so it's um, all my
1: social media. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah. And where that comes in is it's a very, Miss Brown is a very layered and complicated reference because it's a very simple name. My last name is Brown. It's very, It looks very simple on paper, but it's very, very deep. And I'm glad that you mentioned the way my bio is on my website, because it will say Miss Brown, he la 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 la. Yes,
0: exactly. And
1: so this is like a deep literary reference in the mix of a deep pop culture reference that no one's ever fucking gotten. And it's just for me, basically, whenever it starts, the newer one that it came to was that when Whitney Houston would get stopped by paparazzi and they'd say, Miss Houston, she'd always say Mrs. Brown she was married to bobby brown uh-huh. and i uh-huh. loved the authority with how she said that uh-huh. i absolutely love that and then when you get back into my older references for it um if you've ever read fanny hill by john cleland it's I basically like it's written in the late 1700s and it's the oldest porn you'll ever find like other than marquis de Sade. Mm-hmm. it's like literary erotica from like pre-revolutionary war and the fanny hill is the protagonist and her madam's name is ms brown hmm and that and so that's the other <laughs> layer to that and then it just became this thing of like addressing the whole what are your pronouns mm-hmm. ms brown i'm your fucking librarian that's who i am i'm your third grade teacher Do you, ms brown mm-hmm. like you know who i am and so i just like the layers of Confusion that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, the other literary reference is another great gay book, which I think if you've ever sucked a dick, you have to read this book. Um, It's called Our Lady of the Flowers by Jean Genet. There's a lead character whose name is Our Lady of the Flowers, and he is a man. So it will say, Our Lady. Mm. Moved his graceful hand. Mm-hmm. And that sentence construction moved me in a serious, serious way reading mm-hmm. that. So it's a reference to a lot of different things that all came down to one place pretty directly, somehow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you like to have, you're like, um, kind of playful in that way and provocative in that way, I think. Mm-hmm. And and you like to have this different persona on stage mm-hmm. and this different way to present on stage. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, even your email versus your website versus how you and I are just standing here now and how how you look mm-hmm. right now is very different. And so mm-hmm. you like these layers of complexity. I
1: enjoy it because I could never be the way I am on stage all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was getting to a point where people who knew me from comedy would then try to be friendly with me and then be really disappointed that I wasn't on and I didn't look like that and I didn't act like that and that I wasn't a cartoon character all the time.
0: I see. Because like,
1: Miss Brown is like a cartoon, is a live cartoon of like the best parts of me.
0: Yeah, like very heightened. And you could never keep that up.
1: Never. All the time
0: because it's a performance. Just the fact that I'm
1: talking like this right now as opposed to, so, okay, I have to go back through this one with you guys. You're gonna love it. Mm-hmm. it's a different voice it's different body language it, it's a character that I write
0: for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and so what kinds of how would you describe well you don't even have to describe your comedy on stage mm-hmm. but what kinds of things do you really like to talk about on stage? And Mm -hmm. and is there a message? Is there an agenda behind it?
1: I'm anti-message and I'm anti-agenda. I don't Mm -hmm. play like that because I think it gets to be a very like fascist Stalinist view of art to where like, if this doesn't serve a political message or it doesn't serve my political message, it doesn't have a right to exist or it's not important. I don't like that. I think things can just be, like, you can just draw a picture, you can just sculpt a vase, you can just do, like, sometimes you can just do something. Mm -hmm. And so for me, my comedy, I like to take apart class, and I like to take apart race, and I like to take apart gender and sexuality, and sort of where. I am at emotionally in the mix of all these sort of uh, big ideas that we're all sort of dealing with. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love to talk about my family on stage. I love to talk about where I'm from on stage because It shocks the audience. They would never think that I grew up in a trailer park. They would never think that like I delivered a baby in someone's shower in a single light trailer. They would never think of any any of that stuff. Yeah. They they would not think that like the one of my favorite jokes about that is I never came out of the closet. I escaped Dolly Parton's wine cellar. (laughs) Like it it really is just like wakes them up to the fact of like, no, this like this is a guy.
0: Mm -hmm. This is a guy from
1: the woods. Like Mm -hmm. this is real.
0: yeah yeah Yeah, no i love that um and and also i think to your point there isn't like you're not going to be the figurehead for anybody who is gay for anybody who likes to put on makeup for anybody who i mean you can't possibly represent all of those things so it's you on stage i don't even represent myself stories Right.
1: I don't even want to take up the responsibility of representing me up there. That's why it's Miss Brown. It's Miss Brown. Like so Mm -hmm. and I'm against that thing of uh, this sort of these outrageous claims of needs of representation immediately and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. because you have to ask yourself, do you want to see a you want to see your story on TV or do you would just wish it was you? Yeah. Do you just wish it was you? Because I don't know. Maybe it's just my little echo chamber chamber of being around a lot of actors and comics and writers in my social media. But like, people are making those claims. It's like, are you just mad you didn't get the job, or do you like really want to see that story done well, no matter who's doing it? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's where I get huh? emotional. Yeah. 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 No, I I understand that. um Okay, I'm checking the time. Good. We All still good. have some. We still have some time. So, yeah. Yeah. um, so I'm interested in a few other things here. So. Mm-hmm one is, do you, I know this is a crazy question, but have you bombed on stage? Oh yeah. Okay. Because it's one of those questions. I, I think all comics have bombed, but I, I've, I listened to you on another podcast, you know, and I was just wondering if you thought like, if you would have a different takeaway from bombing and and maybe you wouldn't call it bombing, but you would Mm -hmm. say I've bombed.
1: When in the podcast that you're referencing, did I say that I
0: don't bomb no okay you didn't but okay. um because
1: i have definitely died up there yeah. i have definitely died <laughs> yeah. deaths up there
0: no but the reason that i thought that is because the question so rob Litwin went on mm-hmm. performance review which i love
1: great podcast listen to it Very it's amazing
0: man. yeah so um so he asked you what advice would you give to comics or someone just starting out and mm-hmm. you were like well i would say like I wouldn't give you advice, like you're in charge of your own journey, like you do your own thing, you learn, you figure Mm -hmm. it out. And so I was just kind of wondering, like, do you, would you also say like, I've bombed, this has happened to me, this is how it felt, this is how I've recovered, because bombing Mm -hmm. is like such a um, cornerstone of like what all comics go through yeah okay
1: well i think that it's very i can get into situations where i have and why i think it happened but i think the why is often the most important thing not even necessarily the recovery Mm -hmm. because it's the knowledge of where you lost them or where you went too far or where you didn't do enough and you bored them you have to figure out where that point is where those three words were that ruin the rest of the evening. Mm-hmm. He, like <laughs> yeah. that's your job because recovering from it is a skill that can, it, once you learn really how to do that through, and I'm not even there yet, but through years of years and years of doing stand-up of 15, 20 years, there are people who will dig themselves into holes on purpose for the privilege and the honor of digging themselves out of it. Mm -hmm. It's like a testament to their skill. I've heard Burr talk about it and I've heard other men and women talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that say, oh, this is how you get out of it. Well, you'll figure that part out. You need to figure out how to prevent it. Mm -hmm. So worry about the how and worry about the why and the fixing it. Let's just hope there's nothing to fix. Let's just work from the position that we're just going to make this really fucking good.
0: Yeah. 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 So when when you bomb or Mm -hmm. when you have bombed in the past, After, are you like, are you questioning, are you questioning your choices about comedy? Are you able to look the audience in the eye? Like, how do you feel after?
1: I'm not able to look the audience in the eye, even if I've done well. Really? I hide.
0: It's so 80% of the time I
1: hide. After the show's over, even if I'm hosting, I'm in the bathroom. How come? I, I just said everything I say to strangers and everything that happens after this is just a big risk I don't need to take. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> That's really, really, really how I feel, because I've had some fabulous interactions with audience members, and a lot of people will follow me on social media, even if I don't say hi or bye, but uh, there have just been enough close calls with audience members, just like I'm going to mind my fucking business about this one. like. I really feel like my job is up there with the mic in my hand Mm -hmm. and the only time my job moves from that is when I'm on a drink deal working at a club and like the more drinks people buy the more money I get at the end of the weekend Mm -hmm. because then I'll go do a whole other show at the bar to those same people improvising to get you know everyone to buy three more rounds yeah then my job is off mic but most of the time I ain't talking to you I just can't I just can't do it yeah I, 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 I can't do it
0: That's Um, so interesting. I don't
1: have stage fright. I have people fright.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I totally get that. I mean, for me, I kind of feel the same way, but it's, I get kind of embarrassed and shy after. Um, I'm not afraid of what will happen if I do talk to the audience, mm-hmm. but I feel like I've just really exposed a part of myself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel shy after. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's sort of like the first time you have sex with somebody and then they want to like talk and it's like, I have to think about what just happened. And like, <laughs> Can you just give me, I made a choice. <laughs> but I, when I have bombed, I think most of the times where I really have just absolutely lost them, it's because I wasn't listening to them. Mm -hmm. and I was going at a pace that didn't work for them Mm -hmm. Mm because like an audience like they have a collective intelligence they have a collective emotional state they you know they the room has an IQ like they also have their own pace Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to pick up on what they're putting down just from sitting down yeah you have to be able to be sensitive to their energy And that's something that takes years to be able to do because the first several years of doing stand up, you are literally just trying to get out of there alive. Yes. You can't listen to them. You don't know what the fuck's going on. You're just trying to remember your jokes and survive and like not getting a car wreck on the way home because you're thinking about your act instead of looking at the road. Yeah. Like that's literally the only thing on your mind.
0: Totally. And
1: so it takes years to just really be able to actually do that consistently. Yes. And not pull it out like a party trick, but to like really have that in your wheelhouse.
0: Yeah, exactly. To be kind of monitoring, thinking and reacting while you're on stage while going through the
1: rolodex of jokes in your mind
0: exactly yeah yeah. i mean i've seen you i've seen you perform a couple times and then of course like even hosting the open mic at a live one you are a fabulous host like you're so quick on stage matt like yeah, it just it yeah seriously like it keeps the energy up so much and it's not too much you know sometimes people host And in between comics, they have a whole story and you're just like, okay, especially in an open mic, you're like, let's just, let's keep it rolling here. But the energy that you bring even between comics at an open mic, like, it's so awesome. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I really think that I get a. I get the most compliments on my hosting because it's something I've had the most practice doing. Hmm. I have hosted an absolute ton at comedy bar. I've easily hosted over a hundred shows there oh, wow. over 150 shows there. And then when you count all the other clubs in town, it's really just uh, something that I wanted to get good at because I knew it would mean that I would always work. Yes. And it, that's proof true. And it, uh, the way the attitude I have about it is that I, this show is not about me. I am hosting a party and I'm introducing you to all my amazing friends. Mm-hmm. I really want you to be so excited about every part. Cause I, for that moment, really believe that you're going to have the best time in your life. If you just listen to them and are receptive. Yeah. That's really the energy I try to bring. This is an amazing house party. This isn't a show. This isn't about this. This is just fun.
0: Yes. I love that. And a lot of comics actually kind of hosting is viewed as second rate sometimes, mm-hmm. but I think it's such a smart thing to do and to be able to have that skill set mm-hmm. because like you said, First of all, a host is so important. A good host, and second, it is an opportunity to get more spots and get more gigs where you might not.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. And um, I really think that if you ask any staff member, if you ask any server at any comedy club, they will tell you. The people that are there night after night, day in day out, three shows a night, will tell you that the host and the headliner are the two most important people of the evening. Really. They will. Yeah. That's always what I've heard. That's always what I've gotten. So if because if I'm good at my job, I set Mm -hmm. everyone else to play even better. And if I am having an off night, everyone has to work 14 times harder. And that's my fault.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like being good at your job and being prepared and having a ton of practice and not thinking you're too good for the practice mm-hmm. and, uh, willing to, you know, take your time getting races and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. slowly and things and it, it'll all come. No, I'm ready.
0: so, I was so, I was like blown away. It was literally an open mic. We were hosting together. Actually. I was like, you just host. Cause a, a month ago or whenever it was, mm-hmm. and I was blown away. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It, you were incredible. You. Um, so the other thing i'm wondering about you is like what has surprised you about stand-up and and what have you learned from doing stand-up
1: it's really hard for me to separate the surprises of doing stand-up and the surprises of moving to a big city and the surprises of being an adult Mm -hmm. because they've all been one and the same like they all just sort of hit all at once but what i think um Really surprised me the most about stand up was the um, the system that's that sort of exists that there's sort of like a, there's like a system of elders. Mm-hmm. It, that it's very, it's it's almost like a priesthood. You're watching all these monks go around from mic to mic, some of them are bald, so you, imagery really sticks. There are all these like monks that going from <laughs> mic to mic and they're, they're really telling jokes that only they understand and only their friends get. And like, it's like this weird monastic system of sort of, you have to understand all the rules and all the hierarchy to get to whatever. It it, it sort of feels like being a nun in like newly colonized Mexico to me. Uh-huh. Like I have to figure out a government to do my job.
0: So. And
1: that really surprised me because I just figured it's like, well, if you're hosting an open mic here, and you're hosting a show there, and you're funny, and she's funny, why aren't you guys on the same level? Mm -hmm. Why don't you stuff like that, Mm -hmm. just like the whole having the politics of it. that just hit me upside the head because I was 18 and didn't know nothing about nothing. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have a full time job till after i had been doing stamp for a while because I was in college. Mm -hmm. So like, even like the political work world you know that sort of idea that hadn't even hit me yet yeah so it hit me upside the head with stand up real hard yeah real hard
0: no i could see that for sure and now you feel like you can navigate that world you're part of that world you understand how things work like yeah yeah Yeah.
1: i i spent my time sort of being quiet and paying attention and i think i know like which way the sun's shining Mm -hmm. um i don't know and i also was just really lucky to have like a lot of very talented very funny people take to me early on and Mm want to help me either with advice or just by just being really nice and get, you know, telling other people that I might help out their show. Yes. But like, I mean, I got to do shows really early on. Like I'm talking two months in with like Danny Callis, like mm-hmm. repeatedly, mm-hmm. and Kelly Howard giving me amazing, amazing advice that's helped. She's me a ton. amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know, uh uh Kristen Toomey, yeah. who just really has been such, such a good friend and so, so smart, so smart. And just like i had people who cared early on that could help Mm -hmm. i had friends that were producing at laugh factory and said you're gonna make my show a lot better i'm bringing you on i don't care that you're 12 Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) i i just showed up with like good intentions and i think prepared with decent material for somebody to start with
0: yes and
1: it all kind of took care of itself because i showed up and did my job
0: yeah oh absolutely i really
1: did i really really do my best
0: oh i can tell you're so professional so professional even even with the podcast like you your correspondence like you were perfectly on time today like texting emailing like i just i love it very very professional um also so you can't
1: manage your own schedule be your own manager and agent if you're disorganized
0: no no and people don't want to work with someone who's a mess and you can't
1: get help if you can't help yourself yeah you know no agency wants you if you can't show up to a zoom call for you know
0: yes no 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 um okay so what are you what's on the horizon for you like In the next, I don't know, one to three years, Mm -hmm. any goals that you have, any kind of next steps you're imagining? I think
1: probably three years from now, I will be on one of the coasts. I haven't decided on LA or New York yet. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It really... I can't make up my mind on if I want to act more or write more. Mm -hmm. And so I could go in either direction. I have got to make up my mind about that. But that's coming, I think, um, within three years or so, by 2025, I think, probably. And um, the goals that I have that are a little bit more immediate, I want to continue to do longer sets in the city. I've been really lucky that I've been able to do half an hour a few times since the summer in the city. And I feel like I'm really good at doing long sets because I started when I was 19. I did half an hour the first time as a teenager. So I've had a long time to work on my long set. And so I think the more chance, and I've again been able to work so much at Lincoln Lodge and it's been so helpful to get new material Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, But I think that getting to get that even more refined and maybe recording an album, Mm -hmm. I think those are things that are coming up over the next couple of years, because there are some jokes that I love to death that I have to give a proper
0: burial <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah. like wrap it up yeah. and be like okay and now i'm gonna set you aside for a while and work on it.
1: there's a lot of stuff that's funny from my college experience mm-hmm. but the time is ticking for me to be too old to talk about it yeah but yeah. there's some stuff that's really funny and if that's like a good front-loaded tent i know everything else will work
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm. no that makes sense mm-hmm. um okay wow well this has flown by um hey. Yeah, I don't want you to leave Chicago. I know like comics always and they don't always leave, but a lot of I've seen mm. a lot of comics leave.
1: Well, I mean, the more TV shows film here and the more things change, you never know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I live right down the street from Cinescape. You know, the big oh, yeah. 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 So you just never know. That's true. You just never know.
0: Right. Right, right.
1: I try to stay really hopeful because everything good that's happened to me has been a lovely surprise. Mm -hmm. That's been one of the big surprises about stand-up that people might want to help you and be nice and something that's so competitive. Yes. But you show up with good intentions, hard work and doing something that other people are not doing Mm -hmm. and you will get your rewards. It may not be on your timeline, but you'll get them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's very true. That's true. Well, this has been delightful. Um, We've got a lot of our trailer oh yeah park tuna casserole we've got a, a lot
1: of bad decisions in one place <laughs>
0: yeah. um i want to give a big shout out of course to matt brown for Thank being you. here today um to christine Ferreira at the lincoln lodge yes we
1: love christine
0: love christine um and also there's lots of other podcasts at the lincoln lodge of course there are wonderful comedy shows check them out um and yeah, Matt, you have been delightful. Thank you for spending time. Thank you for making this cat food. I was
1: <laughs> it's time. It's I, time I to feed cat the cat. I
0: had not died. Uh, <laughs> she would be all over this. This would have killed her. <gasps> oh my god. This would have killed her. This would have been
1: would've. the last meal.
0: I mean, she loves what a macaroni, terrible last supper. And she loves she loves macaroni and tuna. So I'm thinking of I'm thinking of you, Jen slash Melissa. Um, okay. <laughs> so we're gonna go. Thank you, viewers. We love you. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.
1: Bye-bye.